Well, hello, everyone. Uh, this is Local Matters, and today's guest is State Representative Ryan Williams from Cookville. Ryan, it's uh, it's great to see you. Thanks for being here with us. Thanks, Dr. Bell. Uh, it's great to be on your show. It's great to be back home after a few days in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, there, it's always sort of exciting to be down in uh, uh, downtown when legislative session is is going on so tell us what's happening in the legislature what's exciting down there well we've had a lot of discussion about education uh this week i think was uh interesting uh had an opportunity to host some of your fellow uh or old counterparts at the other at the uh we call them the tgi schools where they're the the new quasi private schools like tennessee tech I get to see dr oldham dr white dr rudd uh, Dr. Nolan, Dr. McPhee, uh, everybody from those big six. And so it was good to see them, hosted them for lunch, try to get a – they were trading uh, war stories about being uh, independent from TBR these days. But, you know, as, as I told them, this was something that was really exciting, actually that you were the one that said, hey, this might not be a, a bad idea to give us a little bit more autonomy out there. <laughs> well, Governor Haslam used to uh, blame me or or at least say that I – I was one of the people that suggested yeah. some independence, and yeah. but now it's a brave new world. Uh, it is. We've done it, and uh, each of the universities is having to carve its own path a little bit more than it did, and mm-hmm. and that's got to be exciting. From a from a legislator's side, how's it working from your perspective? Well, you know, it, it's really good to see uh, them discuss the challenges that are different, but, you know, it's also good because I had a previous knowledge from you and now with Dr. Oldham about, you know, what the institutional mission is, who, what kind of students we're looking for, what kind of degrees we're doing. But it's great to kind of see the individual personalities begin to shine as it relates to these institutions and the communities that they they serve in. Uh, you didn't really get to see that as much when, when you're one of, uh, what was it, 47 uh, and now you're one of one uh, in your own community. It makes a huge, huge difference. And so, but I think it's also been good for TBR and those one and two year institutions that they still oversee. Uh, so it was great, great to see them there. And of course, there's a lot of discussion about this now because the governor thinks uh, 2.0, I guess, would be to uh, make a similar change with UT's board and. It's not found the same favor that uh, that focus has found. It seems like. Well, there there are minefields about anywhere the governor walks, and so that's. Uh, and again, uh, for the board of regents, uh, there there were forty some institutions every year: the the community colleges, the technology centers, the universities, and and it was fairly easy to get lost in that in that mix. So this yeah. this new model. Uh, at least gives the universities a, a bit more autonomy. Right. So, Dr. Nolan, Dr. White uh, shared uh, comments about when the board, their, their institutions would go with the TBR board. There were 13 members of what are now t- considered TBR schools. And then you had the six institutions uh, that were there. Even if even if those six institutions had a great idea, they're always outvoted. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it, you, you never, you, no matter how you cut it, there was never going to be a majority. And so... Uh, when you think about it from that perspective, uh, it's it's like being in the minority party forever. So. Yeah, and uh, I, I remember those days well. And you mentioned uh, local missions and then university missions, and and certainly uh, when you look at um, at Tennessee Tech's mission as as the state's technological university and its mission to serve the Upper Cumberland region of the state. Mm-hmm. And then you compare that to the mission of the University of Memphis. Uh, it, it is quite different. It is dramatically different. And then even when you look at, 
at Dr. Nolan's up in Upper East Tennessee, you know, yep. where I was born and raised. It's a completely different place with a new medical school since I was a kid there. So it's really it's really interesting to see how, how those different ones and then and then, you know, with Austin P being Clarksville, I would I would say that one's probably more like tech than any really a lot of uh, similarities. Yeah, a lot yeah. of similarities between yeah. the two. Of course they're governors though and we're golden eagles, but other yeah, than that, other than that. Yeah, yeah. and they they serve the military having that big base right there with them in a yeah. and and have a bit more of an alignment there than, than right. tech did just because of location. Right, but they were also saying that they were starting to see a little bit of growth and, and kind of a bounce back and enrollment a little bit from Tennessee Promise, which was, right. which was good to see and you know helps the cash flow. But you know, in some instances, probably you don't uh, don't know this yet because it was one of the things they shared there is that you know Dr. Nolan and and doc, uh, Dr. Oldham, some of these they're able to tell kids before they leave in May what their tuition increase is going to be so they can prepare for it over the summer that was unheard of it was unheard uh, of i mean you yes. you were literally students were walking in the door talking to the financial aid office and said okay what 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 i got to come up with now just to, uh, over last year yeah there are some real advantages to being able mm-hmm. to plan ahead like like yeah. this uh, this lets us do mm-hmm. and um, well it's an exciting time uh, what else is going on down there in in terms of education issues? Right. Okay. Right now we're we're talking a lot about K twelve education, some uh, and continuing those uh, reforms and changes there. I think we're. I, I think you're going to see the governor he gave another two and a half percent increase in payroll and the pay uh, per, from pay for performance pools for uh, K twelve education this year. You know, I I think. Uh, as as elected officials, they always want to break their arm, you know, pat themselves on on the back. But I think as it relates to education in the state, it's amazing how far we've come in six or seven years. Yeah. I mean, when uh, when you look at the fact that we're forty sixth and forty eighth in math and, and and sciences, and uh, and now we're in the twenties, uh, you know, it, it's proven that spending uh, one point seven billion dollars in new money has has really paid a dividends, not just for Tennessee students that are here right now, but also for the workforce going forward. And he's he's clearly focused with the Focus Act yeah. that we've already talked about, but also with Drive to 55 and exactly. with, with just teacher reform and education reform in general. He's got a lot of things going. Right. Well, I think one of the, you know, some of the tidbits that I've heard this week of being in finance committee and hearing all the budget presentations, you know, to, uh, Mike Krause, uh, with T Heck, you know, former all good guy here. Uh, you know, he's really excited about what's going. Seventy one percent of students in Tennessee have filled out a FAFSA already. Wow, uh, it's twenty three percent higher than any other state in the nation. Uh, to to be able to know that those many students, that's what's called being ready. You know what I'm saying? You if if you've not filled out a FAFSA, you have no idea that college is not even uh, in your in your, on your radar at this point. If you're a college senior and you haven't done that. Then there's something wrong, really. So to to hear those kinds of things and to to hear what's going on with all the education um, priorities uh, and uh, going forward, it, it's really an exciting time to see uh, the results that we're seeing here in Tennessee. And so hopefully we'll continue to do that. The the good news is we've made so much change. So what would be considered quickly, it's hard to really move the needle this much again. But that's a good thing. You'd rather be up where uh, that needle is going in the right direction, and it does get a little harder to move yeah. it. Well, this is Local Matters. Uh, we are speaking with State Representative Ryan Williams. And, Ryan, we're again, we're honored that you're here with us, and we sure thank you for the the service you're uh, making to our, our 
community, in our region, and uh, and to our state. Tell us a little bit about your background, where you came from, and uh, where you went to college, things like that. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's interesting you should ask that. I actually had someone ask me that today. Uh, I have an intern uh, that's uh, from Tech and uh, and the up, Upper Cumberland, and he was asking me if I got a degree in political science. You know, is this what I wanted to do? And <laughs> And uh, was asking me things about that, and I said, uh, "No, I have a actually. I have a. I'm originally from Upper East Tennessee, uh, which is why I know a little bit about uh, ETSU. My parents. Uh, I was born in Kingsport, uh, raised there, went to public school there, uh, and then I went to uh, college at uh, was a college back then. They used to like four year institutions could be colleges back then, but now they've they've changed it. Now everybody's got to be a university. Got to so, be a university. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now." Now it's changed its name to Carson Newman University. So, uh, anyways, it just seems seems more a professional now. I guess I don't, I don't know what it is. Uh, but uh, anyways, they hand out ties when you graduate now. I guess. But um, <laughs> anyways, exciting. And that's where I met this lovely woman that I've been married to for 21 years, who happened to be from Cookville. And so her who her dad uh, was a graduate of Tech, and so uh, really remembers his time there very fondly. He he loved being a Golden Eagle, loved being there, member First Baptist Church, and so uh, that's how I got here. Uh, my degree was actually in biology, though. I wanted to be in medicine. I, I, I was in the construction business uh, with my dad and my papa, and I so uh, and so I grew up on that in that business when I was a kid, and I thought this is the one thing that I do not want to do is construction. Uh, but <laughs> Isn't that funny? I, yeah, but yes. I love the nuts and bolts of it. I love the smell of sawdust. I love seeing the progress of it. And I thought, you know what? I'd like to be like a physical therapist or an orthopedic surgeon, because that's a lot of the same tools, a lot of the same mechanisms. And uh, But then, I, I don't know if I mentioned I was an athlete student, not a student athlete, so something about an MCAT and a grade point average really meant something. So. <laughs> So uh, that's how I end up here. Got a got a sales job out of school, waiting on Abby to finish school, and uh, unfortunately, she chased me around uh, in several states when I had a business before, and then sold that business and moved here. But no political science background. I'm not even sure my parents would admit as to whether or not they voted or not when I was a kid. I don't remember standing in a booth with them like I did with my kids. Uh, so politics and service were never really on my radar at all, and I think that's. Uh, uh, I think that's a great thing, actually. I think it's the way our founding fathers meant it to be. Anytime somebody tells me, Ryan, I've wanted to do this since I was nine years old, those are the ones you run from, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't really like to, to hear that very much because nobody really does this for the money or for the title because it's, it's a whole lot of work for not a lot of reward. Yeah, it's a calling, and it mm-hmm. takes a special person that uh, has that servant attitude to go down there and Put up with what you have to put up with yeah, sometimes. Not to mention herding a bunch of cats and being in leadership. You do that too. Yeah, yeah, we want to talk about your leadership role in just a minute, but we're going to take a break right now. This is Local Matters, and we are talking educational issues today with State Representative Ryan Williams. Ryan, uh, we'll start with something broader than education. Uh, you're in a very strong leadership role down in the uh, in the House and, and across the legislature. Talk a bit about what you do down there, and congratulations on everybody showing you the respect that they do. And Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, uh, I think in the very beginning, I'm not sure I knew what I was signing up for, but, uh, of course, my, my new role started last year, uh, leadership elections. Uh, uh, I was named by my peers to be the caucus chairman for the House Republican Caucus, um, 
it is, uh, as I joked earlier, it's a lot like herding cats. Uh, there are 73 members, uh, plus myself, 74. And so my job there is really to help uh, navigate policy as it relates to the majority party and, and things that are important, help prioritize those. But my job is made super difficult by the fact is we have so many people, just in numbers it's difficult, but also to be respectful of, uh, of the idea of a quorum uh, and deliberating to an end really impugns my ability to do my job. Uh, because, uh, as you know, uh, uh, anytime we all get together and there's more than a majority, if there's 51 of us there together, then then there are some who in the press who would say that I could transact business. Uh, in fact, I cannot. Uh, but they've done a really good job of really tying the hands of, uh, of, of my caucus in particular, for, for that matter. And so, uh, that's that's my job doing also a lot of fundraising but the best part about it and I think what's great for the, your listeners really is I'm in the room where the decisions are made uh, you know being uh, even though being a subcommittee chairman uh, of health for, for for many years and also being in the education health committees you know you you get to make some influence uh, on those two policy areas but when you when issues regarding budget are discussed and uh, getting getting to advocate for the Upper Cumberland as it relates to certain things in particular, medicine, um, but most importantly, tech. I mean, we uh, it gives me an opportunity to do that. And, you know, when I'm in, in between meetings and the chairman of finance committee says, are you coming back and without a budget amendment this year? And I said, yeah, you promised me you'd fund it. And, you know, those, those are different communications that you don't normally have, really, uh, as a rank-and-file member. Uh, each week I have breakfast with the governor. I sit right beside of him. It makes for interesting dialogue when he's not happy with me, <laughs> which, uh, believe it or not, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't like me all the time and, and we don't agree on, on, on all things, but well, we, if we've always doing, been agreeable. If yeah. you're doing your job, you yeah. probably every now and then will find a difference of opinion on just about any topic. Well, you, you've mentioned health and uh, I know you've played a leadership role on the health committees and, and on education, too. But uh, health and education are sometimes pretty closely related. And certainly in terms of the uh, diabetes epidemic, almost, that right. we have in Tennessee and mm-hmm. the the obesity issues that are around and pediatric diabetes, oh, yeah. clearly a big part of that is education. It's mm-hmm. it's getting the word out about how important our health is. Right. It is. And, you know, one of the things when we were first doing all these education reforms we were talking about, you know, we can't have discussions about improving overall student outcomes if, if, if kids are hungry. You know, yeah. it, it really is, is truth. And, and not just about being kids hungry, about, you know, we have food deserts all across the state where a kid couldn't buy a cucumber or, a, 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 or make a salad even if they wanted to, even if they wanted to make healthy choices. Yeah. And then, that combined with the fact that you have this generational problem when it comes to overall health uh, and benefits and who's providing for their every need, uh, it makes it extremely difficult. And And when you have the high rate of, of obesity among teenagers and youth that we have now, uh, diabetes is what's the outcome of that. I mean, it is the That's byproduct correct. of that. And so uh, when these kids are obese and having issues with their health, you know, they're, they're not concerned really about what their GPA is going to be. And so, uh, you can't, you really can't extract one without the other. And, and in some cases in government, state government, you can do that, but, 
but uh, in, in particularly in K twelve education, it's simply not so, right? Yeah, I think so too. I I think um, a healthy child is a much more productive child in the classroom, and right. and uh, more productive childs are often more healthy. But that doesn't work in every every case. I know exactly. Well, I know also uh, all over our nation over the last months and months we've seen violence in schools mm-hmm. uh, we've we've talked about uh, major headlines on on school bullying and we've had shootings in Kentucky and in Florida and in mm-hmm. in many other places so what's happening in the legislature relating to uh, uh, to school violence in general and bullying and shooting and whatever other issues come to mind right I think you know you know, there's a real balance. You know, we talk about uh, kids being healthy uh, and how that impacts education, but spiritual health is also a component of that. Uh, I, th- I think that our nation is in a in a weird place where we we may. Uh, I think uh, your listeners may or may not like this, but the the woe to him who calls darkness light. How great is that darkness? I mean, and I think we we in some ways across the nation have called things that were good that were actually bad. And uh, I think we have some real honest questions we have to ask ourselves about how we're raising our children and what we're saying is important, communicating with them. I think also uh, we need to be able to empower um, educators uh, and administrators in schools to have those discussions. Uh, My wife has been very active in in the local K-12 schools here, painting in bathrooms. And to hear students say things like, well, I didn't. I'm not that worthy. I'm not uh, valued. You know, I'm not special. Uh, there, we need to sow in the lives and the hearts of kids. You know, and when you yep. when you find no worth in yourself, you won't have a problem finding no worth or or doing bad things to other people, right? I think that's right. But every child has worth. Now, are there things that we can do as a state? Yes, we we absolutely can, and we should. But. Uh, in in the days leading up to the days where we can in the future here in the next couple of days and weeks where we can make legislative change and make pro- uh, policy changes, I think we should. I think we should give law enforcement the ability to check on a child when they when 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 their peers have told them that they they're concerned about them. Whereas a a, a an off, law enforcement officer can't do that. You know, we yeah. we need to find ways uh, to do that. Or if you're in a step down facility. It, at Putnam Mental Health, you know, and you got to spend 24 hours there. We should notify uh, Department of Safety that you've been there and and check a database to see if you have a permit to carry a gun, uh, because those things matter. And and I think those are common sense kinds of things. I think, but on the other hand, you can swing the pendulum too far, and and violate violate people's personal property rights and 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 the Second Amendment too. And so we have to be careful in that. But but I think. One of the things to learn that I heard today was this was an evil kid, right? He 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 had shown signs of being evil. Uh, how we get to this child and meet them where they are, losing two parents, uh, the challenges that they're they're there. Those there are kids like this in Putnam County. There are yeah. kids like this who anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world, like they're this. here. And and so we as yeah. a community have to seek them out, uh, show them love help meet their needs, whether they're physical needs or spiritual needs, and help show them uh, a better way. Now, that's difficult. As I told you, it's, you know, this is Shakespeare living out every day. I mean, these are tragedy. I mean, it's it's tragedy, but life is full of tragedy, really. Uh, yeah, it is. And human history, it just uh, shows us that 
the human condition hasn't changed a lot in mm-hmm. the Mm-mm. in all the time we've been writing about it. But mm-hmm. if I were a uh, a student in a in a school today anywhere in the United States or a teacher, mm-hmm. I'd uh, I I certainly respect those folks, and I mm-hmm. I think about the kind of challenges that that they have to face every day when they come to work or when they when they come to school. Yeah, and and that was one of the things that Abby had uh, seen is is that much like we discussed earlier, whether you're a Tennessee Tech president or whether you're an elected official, you're. You know, it's really about serving people, and I think when you look at teachers, uh, and particularly those that are serving in our community, that a lot of times they're doing it because they feel called to do it. Teachers are t- teachers as a gift. You're born with the ability to do it. Great teachers are going to teach, and they're going to lead kids in the right way. So when you see a teacher at a school, realize that they're the ones dealing with this tragedy on a daily basis. They're the ones seeing it. They're the ones uh, holding holding the hand or patting on the back of young man or young woman that's walking the halls who who really feels like that they're not valued uh, and they need all the encouragement encouragement they can get all the support financially and and with services that we can give give them and uh, I think we need to continue to do that I think we've done that really well in the last few years but you know it never seems to be enough when you have a tragedy like this that's happening in our world today yeah that it's um, there are always opportunities for doing things better mm-hmm. well you we've um a, that's a little bit of a dark subject but we've had some happy moments here in the upper cumberland too with mm-hmm. uh, job creation and with all of the uh, uh the new companies moving in whether it's the herman company in uh, uh in white county mm-hmm. or it's new jobs in jackson county or or here in uh uh, out on the interstate in in Cookville, a lot of people have joined a workforce that is uh, in in a new plant and mm-hmm. new companies. And I've talked to many of those plant managers, as you have, and they are very complimentary of many of the skills that Absolutely. our local workforce brings. Mm-hmm. So we want to certainly, in an education program, emphasize how important career ready is to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the workforce and how important it is to be be preparing for for future jobs. Mm-hmm. I think it's true. I think you know when you look at uh, drive to fifty five and how we were trying to have fifty five percent of of people in the state to have some kind of one two year graduate degree by the time twenty five. You looked at THEX results this week. They're saying that we're going to if we stay on track, we're going to do that in twenty twenty three. Uh, so we're two years ahead of time, which is unheard of. You know, I agree. Every time we we make goals. It's amazing how we're able to make them. Uh, you know, it's like this seems so far fetched. You know, three years ago, but here we are. And and the truth of the matter is, is this workforce they had the cultural and capability requirements. They just didn't have that last little bit that really makes an employer really help them shine and gives them an opportunity in the community to succeed. And so when you see that, it's it's great to see, and, and we're thankful for the Hormans, uh, Fitzgeralds, SAICs uh, of the world that are coming here. But we're also thankful for Averett, you know, and they've been and, here a long they've time. They've been here for a long yeah. time, and Cummins in the, yeah. the old Fleet Guard plant that yeah, was here. Yeah, yeah. Flow, Flow Serve and Tuckco, absolutely. And Filter Mart, and so many people that you look at, and you're just like, thank. I mean, these people have grown one little bit at a time, but they've they've seen an event, they've made an investment. It's been multiple year investments, not just in the recent future. So we're thankful for that, and and how they're sowing in communities, and and quite frankly, how they give back to our communities too through their own success. 
Yeah, it's um, it, it's just amazing how many contributions these companies make mm-hmm. in so many different ways. I was talking with the SAIC folks this past week about some of the things they're going to be doing. And mm-hmm. again, they're one of the newest members of the community. Right. It's not going to take them long to get to get engaged. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been engaged in many ways here in this community and mm-hmm. and across our state. And you're making a difference in our state, and I thank you for being with us today on Local Matters. Pleasure.